Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This little guy's loving it, aren't you, little guy? There's nothing sexual about it. We won't need a blanket. I'm furry. You can hear red through everything. Leave it. Get your hands off. I'm leaving it. I'm leaving it. I'm not touching How are your accommodations? Yeah, I'd like that. Well, I've fallen for... Your trap. Oh no, Red. Sorry. If I could sculpt, I would sculpt you. He misread it as bum bomb. What a singing voice, too. This guy is the whole package. It is good to see you, friend. Uncle. Cousin. What is his name? Cousin? He's my cousin, right? <laughs> cousin. It is good to see you, friend. Cousin. Friend uncle is just a <laughs> colloquialism down here. <laughs> Shame. This is season two, episode 71. Dig in. MVP this week is Alice N. 
they've just caught up on Discord and posted a picture of their new mushroom friend to celebrate. Thanks for joining us, Allison. Thanks, Allison. And Happy New Year to everybody. It's 2024. There's lots more dice shame coming through your door. So don't worry. We're here to... Uh, I, don't, I don't have any more rhymes. I liked it very much. I did my best. <laughs> Should we play some D&D? Let's do it. <laughs> Woo! You're in a dark alley. Oh, no. Ooh. Oh, God. I like where this is going. I, I'm DMing now. That's the... <laughs> <laughs> Roll for Your podcast is mine. <laughs> You're in a dark alley, and you can encounter either a ghost or an alien, but you know it's the mm. real deal. Which would you pick? Ghost. Ghost. Great question. Yeah. <laughs> Two of us just went ghost immediately. <laughs> I'm ghost. also saying ghost. I don't want to... I don't want to meet an alien. Jesus. I'm going to I'm going to hold my answer until you guys give reasons why you're choosing ghost. Well, okay. I mean, a bit of this is like not because the alternate. You know what I mean? Like if an alien confronts you in a dark alley, my logic is they're there for a reason. If a ghost <laughs> confronts you in a dark alley, you might have just walked down the wrong alley. Uh, ghost you know is like I mean? taking like a whiz, man. He's at least in sort of the understood lore, typically like haunt a place. They don't really follow a person. But if an alien's there, it wants you, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> it ain't from this planet by definition. It followed you there. <laughs> I mean, I think that there's just as much reason then for the that to be a completely arbitrary location for the alien. Is it a space alley? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's the alley? Like, I'd go the opposite. I feel like, I feel like, I'd be more concerned if I was like on like Tatooine and a ghost walked over I'd be like oh no yeah, I would I pick an know. alien if I was on Tatooine is yeah. what I'm saying listen <laughs> yeah. the the coolest thing I can say in this situation is ghost because then that means there is an afterlife and maybe I could be a ghost one time whoa you know you took a way smarter approach than I did it really comes down to the question of like do you want to know if there's an afterlife or do you want to know if there is like life outside of our planet which is basically where I was approaching you guys went well. totally different than me Exactly. Mm. I went pure, purely like, that's so funny how the mind works though. You two <laughs> went like, well, obviously this indicates a bigger thing. And I was just like, it does indicate a bigger thing. Whether they fucking want you. Like, whether they're there it was, for you. It was really personal to you at that point. It just became this alien. it is, because I'm the one walking down the alley. Yeah, yeah, and, you know. and I'm looking at it differently than Harlan. The same sort of vein, like... I'm going to say I want to see the alien because that means he's coming to see me. And, and that must be something pretty important. He's probably got some kind of present like, for me. He's like, you must be the leader of the mankind or the humankind. Alex is just pissing in the alley. Why do they talk like someone from fucking New Brunswick? No, but realistically... Regardless of, of like reason or uh, or regardless of what it may indicate, you know, afterlife or otherwise, I still think I'd probably prefer to meet a ghost because I don't know. There's something really interesting about, you know, what they would have to say. There would be so much confirmed denial. Like it would be the same with aliens, obviously, but there's such a broader idea of what an alien could be as previously discussed, Whoa, whereas ghosts. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, so you are bound to a place. Oh, you are corporeal. Oh, I, I, you are made of ectoplasm. I, I don't know. It'd be really cool to kind of have that. Both in, invite a lot of questions about the nature of the world we're living in, right? Totally. I, to, to know that there are ghosts, then 
that must work some way. And there's an avenue of inquiry to figure out like, how the fuck do ghosts work? Why ghosts? What happened? You know, right? Yeah. Here's What if it's a ghost alien? Here's the issue I'm running into. Alien if ghost. So I prefer ghost in this situation. All but right. okay. I think that if I were to come across a ghost, I would have a lot more trouble convincing people of my experience than if I were to meet an alien because really? of a ghost's intangible <laughs> quality, right? I think meeting a ghost would mean more for me personally because it's probably going to be like, hi, Joe, goodbye, goodbye and, and just fly away or something. But the ghost an is alien like, is going to... guard. An alien is going to have more to say more substantial in terms of what it would mean for the rest of the planet i think if like the number of people who are like yeah i met a ghost one time like d- it, i mean there's hundreds thousands hundreds of thousands of people yeah. who have that experience and i would just be then counting myself like, among no, no, them. no 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 but this was real like i shook their hand but I think if I met an alien, I would take the alien's hand to be like, we got to, I got to show you to some people. Like we're going into that bar over there, yeah. alien, and we're, you're going to have to go on TV and So stuff. there's, right. you know, there's, there's a, there's a trap I think my mind is falling into. Oh, I like mind traps. <laughs> it it kind of reflects back to like, you guys know the end of the Watchmen? I'm going to spoil the end of the Watchmen. Oh no. yeah. I love the Watchmen. The, the. There's a manufactured crisis for humanity and the author's premise is it's going to bring us all together so we quit destroying the planet. And I think if anything, the last couple of years have taught us is that like humanity's ability to ignore an actual crisis or an actual world changing event is unparalleled. And so there was, my mind was like, well, if you met a ghost and knew with certainty that that was a real actual phenomenon. You could do something about it's a, it's a real phenomenon that's unexplained and you there was an opportunity to go try and explain it. Not ev- not everybody would do that. There's probably people today who are certain that they have met ghosts and and aren't doing anything about it in in a way that, that If I met a ghost, I wouldn't tell anyone. Why? Because I don't, I don't feel like sharing it. I would just know. <laughs> you it. wouldn't tell Andy. I'd tell Andy. I'd, that'd be it. I'd well, tell Andy. So either Andy's no one. <laughs> well, he's a blabbermouth. Andy doesn't. Andy. Andy doesn't count. count. <laughs> You're gonna say Andy doesn't count. Andy, I met a ghost. Yeah, and he'd be and like, it showed me its dick. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Patrick Swayze. Did you say sorry? I met a ghost. <laughs> I'm leaving you. <laughs> Why wouldn't you tell anybody? I don't know. I just my immediate reaction would be like, uh, I I don't know if I'd tell. I, I'd wait like I'd wait till like right before I die, and then I'd be like, by the, by way, the way, there's an And just see you soon. Just so that if I come back, then people are like, damn, she was right. But so I mean. Also, let, let's go the hard friend angle for a second, okay? Okay. Let's say this is a, a pleasant alien or ghost. If you like them, the ghost is probably going to be more likely to stick around. Whereas the alien is like, okay, cool, bye. You know what I mean? Like, but the- there's going to be a more limited time with the alien versus the ghost. By definition, ghosts are probably going to hang around for a long time. I wouldn't tell anyone if I saw an alien either. Maybe I want a friendly maybe. ghost. I, I mean, I, I think that... I, I mean, it, and then it gets into the specifics of the fiction that we're talking about because an alien got here somehow. There are lots of challenges to doing that. That means it would now be possible to overcome with certainty we would know, right? Versus 
it's uh, the, we're never going to step on another planet or we're never going to meet another creature like yeah right now there's a lot of question marks about that and to have the certainty of like no it is possible the idealist in me feels like well that could drive something and then the realist in me reflects and is like well maybe not though i also think too it depends on like what kind of alien it is like am i meeting like stitch or like <laughs> like nibbler or am i meeting the aliens <laughs> from fire in the sky because if oh. I'm meeting those guys, I'm definitely going to just fight them in an alleyway until I win. And if I meet like Nibbler or Stitch or like an adorable little little guy, I'm going to be like, what if we were buds? And then they'll eat me or do whatever. But like, but all those stories end the same way. And it's we need to take this alien back to its planet. Yes. Get him out of here. I don't want them. <laughs> get, this, get this guy out of here. Bye, friend. Or what if they're like aliens from star trek hi my name is soflog i'm from the planet uh Kalapatu. it's just like a guy with a mark on his face <laughs> <laughs> perfect english every time i feel like recognizing that there are aliens out there and having met one would fuck you up forever because you would never ever be able to do anything about perpetuating that personally but if there was a ghost that you met one time there's a possibility since they would be living on this planet or unliving i don't know you do share the planet with that you'd at least be able to like maybe summon one or hanging yeah like hang out i think the scariest part if i were to meet a ghost the most scary part would be after you did the requisite stuttering do your bones jump out of your body and then back in would be the ghost like punched me or cause me physical harm because then I would never be able to sleep again. I'd be like, I got punched by I, a fucking no, ghost. But, but I guess my point is, it <laughs> would answer the question. A ghost would be if it punched. Me. But it would answer the question: Alex, Could could a ghost injure you? Right? Because uh, uh, you know, look, if you're look out, he's got a gun. <laughs> you're wandering through an abandoned warehouse, okay, with oh friends, my God, right? The ghost has a machete, and you're like, you're oh, all alone. I think that I think it's haunted, right? But mm -hmm. you're always telling yourself, well, they're ghosts. They can't hurt me, right? But if, as soon as you mm -hmm. find out that actually, yeah, they could connect, you know? Like, what's to stop you from being strangled by a ghost, right? Because that's the worst fear. <laughs> Just seeing them wouldn't be that scary. It is the worst feeling. And that's how but, ghosts kill. But I see. Strangle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not the question. Like, there are things I on Earth that question. could kill you way faster than it, it takes a ghost to but do a thing maybe okay, not though dark Rob ghost alien but, or like, crocodile I mean you, you <laughs> how do you risk know? death how do you crossing know, the Rob? road every day you could be hit by a bus tomorrow and be a ghost and strangle Alex yeah but a bus can't just as likely as if alien ghosts were real and are gonna strangle you because you pissed that ghost off but a bus or a car Rob they don't come kill you in your sleep do you know how many people per year get strangled by ghosts I, I guess I it don't it might be more than people who die it in cars. more we just don't know <laughs> At least oh, he died of cardiac arrest. Clearly, Alex Nersal wouldn't tell anybody, nope. so maybe I people <laughs> ghosts and get strangled. What if every time someone dies from natural causes, it's actually unnatural causes? Oh, it's actually oh. a ghost squeezing their uh, heart. Uh, ever think about that? Supernatural That's causes. Right. Right. There are ghosts in Dungeons and Dragons. But are there aliens? Yeah, that's a good segue right there. Yes, there are. Get Yankee. There, Let's yeah. Depends on what our DM out. feels like doing. Shall we see if there's ghosts in this episode of Dice Shack? I am Kleiborg, the dwarf from outer Ooh. space. Yeah, let's play D&D. <laughs> All right, let's, let's do, do it. it. All right. <laughs> What's that sound? Dog. A ghost dog.
Deep underneath thousands of tons of rock, inside the roots of the Grey Peak Mountains, the lovely manor of Gautier Brighthelm is dug in, carved high up on a cavern wall overlooking the glowing town of Scarborough, splayed out on the floor of the cavern like pearls of light spilled from a bag of holding. Having been introduced to Gautier and briefly chatted with, you are led down a hallway which branches off into several closed chambers. Mari, you're given your own room, with a human-sized four-post bed and a large washtub in one corner, the stone around which is somehow pleasantly heated to stand on. A lever looks likely to, once pulled, dispense hot water into the tub, though it smells lightly of minerals. Jack, Red, and Alistair, you're given the room opposite Mari. There's just one giant bed in the middle with a pile of cushions and blankets and stuff, and two wardrobes on one wall, though all the furniture is sized for dwarves. Doran, you're given the room at the end of the hall, a master dwarven suite with an ensuite washroom and also a private sitting area. The stone floors in your chambers are layered with carpets, and there's a fireplace at the foot of the bed. All of you are given some time to be in your own chambers to make yourselves presentable before dinner. Uh, you want to sleep uh, like head to toe, Jack, or you want to sleep head to head, or um, back to back, or I, back to front, you know, or front to front, whatever, whatever, whatever you feel good about. Uh, yeah. Um, but I mean, whatever you feel good. Yeah, about. I mean, I'm, I'm no, it's, it's you know, I was kind of. I mean, you know. Alistair just walks to the bed and lies down right in the middle, starfish style. <laughs> oh God, he's still the same. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but really, I mean, I don't mind if you want. No, it's to. no, it's great. It, it, dwarven style. Know. When in, when in, when in right. Scarborough, right. do as the Scarboroughians yeah. do. So face to face, then. <laughs> well, I guess with Alistair <laughs> in the middle. Yeah. Well, we don't want. I mean, I and Red leans closer, and you can smell like the fish on his breath, and he's like. I feel more comfortable being next to you. We've known each other longer. <laughs> well, we could. We'll, we'll squeeze on one side or the other of them. Then we'll. Uh, yeah, we'll squeeze together on one side. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. We won't need a blanket. I'm furry. I hadn't. You know, I it hadn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Right. I'll go wash up. Red walks to the basin in the corner and starts slathering water, and the water is like quickly turning brown with like oh. all the mud and dirt from his paws. Oh no. Gonna need another one of these. <laughs> uh, hopefully, hopefully they got lots of running water for us then. Um, Jack, there's still a little myconid sitting on your shoulder. Yeah, in a lovely little bowl of dirt, um, you know, with some of the best compost I could find on short notice. You're welcome. <laughs> Don't ask me where I got Listen, it. Listen, that bag of holding is incredible. The stuff you'll find in there. <laughs> yeah, bag of holding. And red winks at Elister. Hope he doesn't smell it. Alistair just looks back at you very confused. This little guy's loving it, aren't you, little guy? Yeah, the myconid's like wiggling his little rump down into the compost, like getting real nice and situated. And um, and he kind of like bows at you a little bit. I will bow back in myconid fashion and find him a lovely dark shelf to set him on for a second. Yeah, all washed up. Red comes back flicking water from his hands all over the wooden floor. <laughs> Just a good shake. I wonder what Mari's doing. Mari, what are you doing? She sort of like, you know, goes in and closes the door. And for the first time in what feels like a while, she's just by herself, like in a little space like this. 
And like for the first little bit, she starts she's just puttering around and sort of sorting through her things and trying to clean stains off of her jacket and everything. And it's weird because she's now gotten kind of used to being with the others. So there's this like kind of oddness in her head as she tries to figure out what to do next. You can still hear like the dull chatter of Red through three stones. You can hear Red through everything. (laughs) He could be on a different floor and I would still eventually hear like I could be on a different plane of existence. (laughs) And uh and she she decides she decides to take a bath because she's feeling gross and it's been a while. And while she's doing that she can sort of still hear those guys kind of puttering around she finds the locket of want in her bag and she uh she sort of like looks at it and then decides to pop it open and take a look at what's inside mari it's been a couple of days since you've examined this magical item closely and as you look deep into the locket you are shown your heart's desire when she looks into it there's there's this moment where she can see herself and she's back in amongst the stars and everything in in that space that she was in when she decided to go and bring Alistair back and in this moment everything is clear like this there's this ability to pick the constellations out and to make things work and there's this uh, strength in her magic that she didn't have at the time and this incredible clarity and as she does this she can also start to find other little pieces of constellations in there as well and she can start to find those pieces of her friends and even though this magic would never work it's impossible she can bring those those things back and it feels good again but before anything can really kind of like settle in her brain before she can feel those emotions everything sort of starts to fade and this anxiety creeps in to the back of her where she's having this stress about screwing the spell up of messing that up of bringing Alistair back and of seeing Jack's magic not work and everything sort of starts to fall apart in the back of her brain as she starts to sort of panic and she snaps it shut you realize that the water around you is starting to grow cold and the locket in your hand is pulsating with this warmth. It's unclear to you how long you've sat here looking into its depths. Doran, what are you doing? The scene transitions to Doran's master dwarf suite. Mm-hmm. Nice ambient lighting, a cushy, big, comfortable bed built for many dwarves to pile upon one another. And you hear the echoey reverberation from the ensuite bathroom, some long overdue flatulence. Okay. Moments later, Dora returns to the bedroom area of his suite. That's not what I expected. Some privacy. Dora, you're taking a shit. I thought you were going to say that Mari was using your bathroom. That's amazing. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know what that was. You guys never get to a nice hotel room and you're like, oh man, I can't wait to take a shit in this thing. Well, we broke Rob. Episode over. You haven't had time to shit in peace for like months. <laughs> Connie's mostly shit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, Doran God. stands at the foot of his bed looking on and he says, Wow, this is really this is really too much. And he sort of shakes his head and goes back to the to the wash basin in the corner of the room and 
<laughs> thinking of the way that Gautier had presented himself all nice and clean, Doran, looking at himself in the mirror, thought he'd probably t- clean himself up a bit in order to be a little bit more presentable for the rest of the for the dinner party. Cool. He's like wringing his beard out. It's like yeah. trying to run a comb through your hair yeah. a little bit. It's all, when he comes down, there's like bits of broken comb. <laughs> yeah. But when but when when he does come down, you know, you I think I think it's all sort of a little bit you're all a little taken aback by how well Dorn has actually cleaned himself up. You know, he's even gone as far as washing the smudged dirt off of his leather uh, bracers. And <laughs> Those were cream colored? It's like a Beauty and the Beast moment here. Like it yeah, just has that exactly. like, awkward energy, but... There's like beard balm yeah. sitting beside the wash basin that's like formulated for dwarven beard hairs, you know? like the advertisement on the side of his like, you know, fresh from the springs of the Grey Peak oil reserve or something. <laughs> <laughs> Grease pits. He misread it as bum balm and he like, but <laughs> bum polish to make sure that red really shines. If it- Dorn cleans yeah. himself up. I feel like you hear a knock on the door yeah. of your sweet Doran. And as you come, you hear just like the echoes of arguing. Because I want to touch it. Don't, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Leave it. Leave it. I, I'm leaving it. I'm leaving it. I'm leave not going to touch it. Hands off. I, my hands are off. Oh. You open the door and Red's like tried to comb his hair by himself, but it also looks really matted. And Jack is like trying to fix this cow licked portion that's like stuck up right at the back like alfalfa. It's a style. Stop it. I, 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 I appreciate. Listen, I've seen it. It fits right in in Waterdeep. Oh, hey, Doran. Red pushes in past you, door, and he's like, Wow, look at these digs! Why did you get such a big room? Is that an orgy bed? Well, <laughs> what? Dwargy bed? <laughs> no, this is this is a, a dwarf bed. I told you, they're all big and everybody sleeps together. A dwarven orgy bed? No, there's nothing sexual about it, Red. How are your accommodations? Excellent. Smaller than this. Uh-huh. Very comfortable. Uh, Mari, you coming? Oh, yeah, and Mari sort of sticks her head out, and she's actually like pulled her hair up into like an actual hairstyle for once like it's wow <laughs> see i love the idea that she's got the same style as red and and then i'm like ah and then when i turn around you're like oh god and you like put it down <laughs> yeah she's got like her hair in like a lovely bun she's kind of yeah. like pulled up and it she's beautiful yeah she's wearing she's, she's oh no has, like, she's oh no yeah she's pulled out like a she has like a different shirt that she's pulled out made of like this like very very deep blue silk nice nice uh, shall we head down for dinner? It smells bland. Yeah. Mm. I, yeah. The bland stew is not canonical dwarven fare for all meals. No. That's just It is in fare. Red's mind. <laughs> and he's trying to be supportive by pretending that he smells bland it's, stew. It's certainly our, like, mm. our understanding of dwarven food up until... Yeah. yeah. And Doran corrects Red. And he says, <laughs> oh no, Red, Sorry. You think you smell bland stew, but you won't find it anywhere except for how my mother makes it at home. Oh, I'm sorry, Doran. You must be so During the great receiving. Uh, No, that's not what I'm... My point is you're not smelling bland stew. Let's just go down for dinner. Oh, you're right. I'm smelling really good stew. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> like nodding to Jack and Mari, like coaxing them. Oh like, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we I, smell yeah. delicious, not bland stew. I can't wait to try Gautier's oh, house's yeah. cooking. You guys are in for fabulous. a real treat. Yeah. 
Me neither, Doran. Whatever bland uh, or food, super flavorful food that you give us. I'm really excited for you. Yeah, we'll be happy. As as they start heading down, like, uh, Mari, like, leans over to Red. She's like, I snuck a salt cellar in my pocket. Like, she's got, like, a little oh. bag of salt. Whoa. Can I give it a lick? No. What? <laughs> you can't, why can't oh, lick it? <laughs> wait, salt brick or salt cellar? Cellar. Oh, like, a, like a little Sorry. bag, like salt. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. When I was a kid, my mom used to give me, like, a salt lick. It was really nice. You make your way down into a low-ceilinged dining hall that is lit extravagantly. There are candles on the walls and on the table in front of you, but also a variety of strange phosphorescent lamps. They're all glowing different colors, blue and purple. There's an orange one nearby that's emitting this tapping sound you can see tiny orange glowing beetles like partying inside another one's full of fungus and whatever it's very cool and uh, the table is heavy with food that's all laid out before you Gautier is already sitting at the head of the table and as you enter he hoists a tankard in your direction he's like all right, come on and sit down. All right. Oh, cool. Wow, look at the feast. Gautier, I don't want to impugn your honor as a host, but we haven't heard a single embarrassing story about Doran's youth yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could, we could probably stand to hear well, at least four no, to five. Come on, yeah, ten. totally. What does impugn mean? <laughs> uh, Jack, I'm sure you've, heard, you, you've seen enough embarrassing things about me. You don't need to hear more about my youth. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> Pull up a chair. I've got plenty of stories. Please, please make yourselves comfortable. Oh, finally. And Red takes off his boots that he just put on. <laughs> and, like, loosens his tie that he just put on and slicks his hair back to how it normally is. And he's like, ha, oh, I've been waiting all day. And he like farts and sits down. <laughs> oh, that took forever to get down those stairs. Mary, she's got her head in her hands. Yeah. A couple other people come into the room and sit themselves amongst you as well. Two dwarven men-at-arms, one of them who led you into the house to begin with, and also a Svirfneblin, a deep gnome. Ooh. Hmm. Hello. Oh. Hello. Wow. <clears throat> Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> oh, that's a vibe. What's your name? Red walks over to the Swerf Neblin. Yeah, he's he's already tucked himself into the table and he's like taking a cloche off of a, a steaming platter of food and he's helping himself. What's a cloche? And he sits right next to the Swerf Neblin. Oh, wow. Can I just say, sir, you are one of the most handsome things I've ever seen. Thank you. Your features are chiseled. Look oh. at this. Mari, look how handsome this guy is. <laughs> Mari's like picking through like some food. She's like, what? <laughs> Looks over. He's handsome. <laughs> Jack? Doran? He, he's like, absolutely not handsome. <laughs> but Red's like enamored, like, wow. Yeah, I mean... If I could sculpt, I would sculpt you. He looks like a gray potato in a hat. <laughs> You've got like so many cow. fascinating angles and curves. <laughs> I didn't know faces could wrinkle like that. <laughs> I'm Thendul Rockmelter. Wow. Nice to meet you. Are you a model? No. <laughs> I'm a merchant among my people. Oh, do you sell paintings and things that are beautiful, like your features? Everything I have for sale is wonderful and high quality. Wow, Please look at that. sit, eat. 
Oh, absolutely. Red sits down and like starts into a conversation. Gautier is like, oh, yes. Uh, sorry, I didn't introduce my guest here. Uh, a merchant traveling friend stopped by a little while ago. And uh, perhaps you saw some of his things. Only handsome. Red says as he's like <laughs> chewing on a potato. In the house or like have you been buying things off of him? Uh, yeah, in the entryway. Sorry again about the mess. Some clutter. You guys must have a pretty productive working relationship then. Is that is that a big part of how you... I haven't seen Thandul in... What's it been, Thandul? Oh, perhaps five years, sir. What a singing voice, too. This guy is the whole package. Just a real hand talker. Real spooky hand talker, this guy is. <laughs> yeah. He does. It's really bringing yes, something out like, of you, Joe. I don't know. He's got, like, a big body for a... He's probably three and a half feet tall, but, like, kind of a big body. But really hand. spindly arms. His fingers are, like, a foot long. Yeah, he's just... Hi. Yeah, scary <laughs> potato. Like a salad fingers. It's like mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, Red's attentions are making him blush purple under his gray skin. Wow. Is there a Mrs. Red? <laughs> oh, no, no, not interested that way. Just an admirer. Doran sidles up next to Gautier and pulls his seat in. Um, yeah. And and really without any hesitation, reaches forward and starts gathering food and puts it on the plate in front of him and starts chowing down and through conversation. Oh, I'm starving, Gautier. I have to tell you, you know, I really, I wasn't sure what kind of uh, reception I'd have coming back home. And, and and to be totally clear with you, I, I actually thought that there was some other reason why I wasn't allowed into the city. Uh, your guard was very fair in telling me that everybody was sick. But, uh, you know, had I, had I not asked, I, I thought maybe that we were barred. Regardless, it is good to see you, friend. Uncle, cousin, what is his name? Cousin, he's my cousin, right? Cousin. It is good to see you, friend. Friend, uncle cousin. is just a colloquialism <laughs> down here. And so good to see you too, Doran. It's been, I mean, what? Uh, twenty-eight years. Yep, about that. About thirty years since I took off to to join the wars. Forty, maybe. Yeah. Well, he claps you on the shoulder and then like reaches a spoon into this huge plate full of like white eels in mm, red sauce yeah. and just like scoops you a big eel. Oh. Dwarven spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe what you've put out for us. And Doran sort of refers to the food on the table and then pointing back towards where they came from, the rooms. I, I, I really can't thank you enough for your hospitality. I mean, this this really does mean so much to me and my 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 companions here, you know. We just happen to be passing through, if I'm being honest with you. Well, uh, Cousin Jolgas uh, said that he saw you about a 10-day yes, ago. Yes, that's right. And that you were planning to come back to see your, your mother. So I kind of thought, like, maybe you would be on your way. Well, <laughs> I'll have to make sure I see Jolgas while I'm here. Is, has he stayed in town or has he left? Well, no, because of the rock plague, we yeah. just sent him back on his way. I was, uh, I was wondering about that. When do you think uh, any of us will be able to go back into the city without fear of catching the rock plague? Perhaps, perhaps a couple of days. Uh, I feel like Red's just prattling on with this Sferf Neblin, and he just like shouts at every once in a while. He's like, "Did you know he sells stone?" What was it? Shed, shed wax. Stone shed wax. <laughs> Jack, do you need 
those? Do we need more shad wax? I don't, <laughs> yeah. what I, I sell vegetarian and non-vegetarian soaps. Wow. Versions <laughs> of the soaps oh. that could be vegetarian or non. Wait, that's that, concerning. That, we don't use well, a lot of soap to to my chagrin. Probably we could use more. I, I, I agree. I probably and shad wax. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a few, I guess. Uh, Ilk sap. Of course, yes. Red's like kind of being sold, and you can see Red like starting to <laughs> getting hot in here. And he's like taking sips we of wine. A, we had an ilk sap drink at some point, didn't we? You you have had ilk sap before. I don't remember if it was good or bad. Is the problem? Prango sold it to you. Mari's just watching this happen because she's sort of been like paying attention to Doran and Gotier, but she's now hears Red being like, "Yeah, I'd like that," and she just grabs like a like a tiny fork and just sort of puts her hand on the table and just stabs him in the side of the leg. <laughs> <laughs> and I turn to her and I'm like, "I'm not." I just, I'm, t- I'm trying to get out of this. I, I, he's, he's weaseling me in. He's got, he's got some sort of charm over me. I think it's magic. I, he's charming me with his good looks. Look. <laughs> and Red like leans back and you have a clear shot of this guy again. Yeah. Like flies are buzzing. It's like a Ren and Stimpy <laughs> shot. Yeah. And I was like really, really zoomed in. And he comes back. He's like, what am I supposed to say to that? G- gently excuse yourself from the conversation if you need to. Okay, I gotta go! Red stands up and like pushes out and <laughs> just like walks five feet away and leans against the wall panting for a second. <laughs> I think I'm gonna sit down with the with the two dwarven men at arms and sort of inter- introduce myself as, you know, I'm Jack Page. I didn't catch your guys' names. Oh, me? <laughs> no, I didn't prepare for this. <laughs> I was, I'd never had a name before. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was like sleep. there's three other people who join you. I was like, okay, great. We're. I always hate when people ask <laughs> you know those questions. Yo, like Joe. how? I I don't know. It's how rude of us to not stop in and like I. I was like, oh no, we've missed an opportunity because we just talked over her with this gnome shit. We never got to these other two characters she's created with such care I got as far and craft as the Spurf Nevlin, and I was like, that's all I need. And you know what? I know we'll her do well it live. enough that I jumped in to make sure no one had. Well, to. I've fallen for classic Joe. Best, has best three characters Jack. and thinks of one of. Their name. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, no. This, this, the, the, the one guy turns to you, Jack, and he's like, oh, "I'm Vald, Valdrik." St- stutter over my own name. Valdrik <laughs> is what they used to call me. Valdrik Stutter. Back in huh? kindergarten. <laughs> Valdrik, yeah. Nice to meet you. Um, Jack Page. Hey, that's me. Yep. So, what's your deal, Jack? Ah. He's like sullenly shoveling porridge into a bowl i mean i this must be the bland stew that you'd heard so much about (laughs) (laughs) uh i'm from Waterdeep. i'm an archaeologist definitely that everything else up in the air at the moment uh is that the bland stew this yeah you could say this is the bland stew all right and he looks secretively (laughs) over at you and starts stirring it slowly Ooh. Doran stops his conversation with Gautier to interrupt that conversation. He leans over and says, but it's not the same bland stew that I was talking about, Jack. No, I, I get it's not stew, like your mom that made. That one's for my I, mother. I mean... Okay. I just gotta be that. Make sure that's clear. <laughs> Red, like, walks back over and is like, it's not as good. And he nods, like, curtly and, like, supportively to Doran. That's right. Mm, yeah. I did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> then he sits back down uh, between Mari and the guy. I don't know if... Uh, if you know much about bland stew, though. He takes a slow bite, I just d- staring at you the whole time. I'm dying to try it. Are you? 
<laughs> Mari's like, she's looked up and she's like, do it. Yes. Do it. I, it at my, Kiss my, I can't uh, wait to be bored. <laughs> my partner runs a restaurant and I've just heard about this for a long time from Doran. I'm, I, I've tasted lots of things. I'd love to have a spoonful. I don't think you're ready. Well, now, now I'm now I'm gonna just take the bowl from across the table. If you're gonna challenge me, not his bowl, but hopefully there's another one that there's like a yeah. he's like got a like an individual. It's like a small cauldron sitting just to oh, his but left. Oh, but yeah, okay. That he's like coveting. I stand up and take advantage of my gangly half elf <laughs> arms to reach across this small dwarven table and stick a spoon into the bland stew and pop it right in my mouth. Roll a dexterity saving throw, Jack. <laughs> you lose a finger. Uh, 14. You shit your pants. <laughs> oh, I rolled a natural one. Hey! Oh, nice. Valdrik, stutter over his own name, Valdrik, reaches out to try to grab your hand as you go for the stew and misses. Spoon. He puts his hand right in the ass of the chicken. Spoon in my <laughs> mouth. The chicken there? I take two steps back to be behind Red. I got you, buddy. He Red turns around and stands up and then sort of like shakes his head like, no, he ain't worth it. Do it. Sits back down. Do it, Jack. How does it taste? And the whole room goes quiet. I couldn't describe it. There just aren't words this neutral. Like true neutral. Oh, my God. There. You've made a powerful enemy this day, man-at-arms. Gautier shakes mm. his head and whispers something under his breath. Doran, that sounds sort of like, shouldn't have done that. Uh-huh. You've made a powerful enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Jack. Good job. Um, Red patch on the back. Yeah. Now that now that he's kind of given the, the, like, it's not worth it kind of vibe, I might try and sneak my way back into the chair at the table and not just be, like, standing up, cowering behind Red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I sit down too. Can I try some of that too, man at arms? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Red <laughs> picks up a spoon and tries it. Mmm, bland. <laughs> His name's Valdrick. Ah, whatever. Once again, to our wonderful Patreon supporters, Adam Fry, Amanda Kitchener, Amy Garza, Anne, Atholagoth, Cecil Lee Wilson, Jerry Rose Anderson, Christopher, Colin Burkhart, Crow, Casey, DS, Dippity, Elizabeth H, Flynn, Gareth Bradshaw, Haley, Haley again, Harper the Marks, Indrid Hartley, Jekyll, JD, Joy Robinson, Jory, KR, KM, Cade, Lasagna, Last Ruth on the left, Lita J, Lizzie Demon, Lorelai Feldman, Matilda Rushing, Melinda Curley, Moon, Melissa, Merlin, Sam C, Regan, Wren, Ruth Ann Reed, Scotty, S-Ray 96, Tony Pepperoni, Xander Morning Dove, Zephyrus, and Zach House. Woo! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.